Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you have set aside for us. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your loving kindness. We do thank you for the safety and protection that you have given us over these many months. And we thank you for those who are here with us today who haven't been with us for a while. We ask that you bless them, Lord, and keep them and protect them. And as they go about their business, Lord, that they will be inclined to return and come back and worship and praise you for all that you're doing. We just thank you, Lord, for this time. This time in the present where you would have us to declare your name before others. I pray that we are sensitive to that call. That we are obedient to your call. And you remind us in Matthew 28 about how we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And do so in such a way where we are glorifying you. We thank you and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And by the way, welcome, Miss Bess. Thanks for being here this morning. It's good to see you. Amen? Amen. Well, we're now in December, of course, and there are 20 days left until Christmas. 20 days. Drove by the Walmart parking lot up in Stowe. It is full. There are a lot of cars there. And as of today, hopefully, you're winding up whatever is left in your Christmas shopping because... The longer you wait, the tougher it's going to be. And we also know that Christmas is now here because how many of you finished your leftovers from Thanksgiving? I would hope so. We just finished not too long ago, but that stretched out for a few days. It was still delicious the entire time. Amen? But now what are you doing? You're looking for another turkey for Christmas. Amen? That's how it is. Now, one of the customs at Christmas time in our household is watching the classic cartoon programs associated with Christmas. Now, here's a disclaimer. Akron Alliance Fellowship Church does not endorse any of the programming that I'm going to give to you as something, as, as something viable when it comes to teaching the gospel. Amen? I mean, the closest one might be a Charlie Brown Christmas, but we'll set that aside for now. We'll have a conversation amongst the elders to see if we can endorse that one. But ultimately what it comes down to is the programs I'm going to mention to you are not going to be involved with our Akron Alliance. So we don't want anybody to have any disclaimers that we worship Santa Claus. Amen? (laughs) Alright, so the programs that we like to watch, and they're important because this is our part of our family tradition. We watch A Year Without Santa Claus. We watch Frosty the Snowman. We watch, if we can, if I can catch it, Mr. Magoo's version of A Christmas Carol, which was actually quite good. Um... And, of course, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. All right? We watch those every year. And that was on last night, by the way. I don't know if you knew that or not. Now, my wife reminded me <laughs> during this Christmas season that I am completely responsible for notoriously killing her impression of Santa Claus in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. She read to me a post I had made on Facebook about it from five years ago, about this. Quote, every time I watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I can't get past how much of a jerk Santa was before he saw the light. 
My lovely bride was watching this for years until I pointed it out to her a couple of seasons ago. And she reminded me again last night, yes, you've ruined it for me. Um, watch for yourself and see what you think the next time you want to play reindeer games. So I ruined that experience for her. And she had to acknowledge, after looking at this, that yes, a beloved figure associated with Christmas was not being portrayed in the best possible light. Santa in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was rude, he was cranky, and he was impatient. Go back and look at it. <laughs> I was just calling it as I saw it. Now, now, I can also think, though, in all seriousness, of another figure associated with Christmas who has not been portrayed in the best possible light. And that's none other than Jesus Christ. Jesus has not been looked upon in the best possible light. But it's not that he did anything behaviorally. The things that Santa did were very obvious. It's like, how did this guy get to be Santa Claus? But Jesus didn't do anything to be held under a lower esteem. He was himself. He was still Lord. He's become less of a meaningful presence and more of a shadowy type of presence. Even though his very name is within the word Christmas. Christmas time, of course, has this season, the old Black Friday, Cyber Monday, putting up a tree, decorations, lights, and everybody's counting down until Christmas morning, especially the kids and the grandkids, amen? They have an expectation too. But in all of this activity, let's make sure that we take the time to make room for Jesus. I don't care how busy it gets. Make room for Jesus. Let's speak openly about him. Let's stay in prayer with him. And let's declare him as Lord before others as we go about our business. Because that's our ministry. I have found that some of us have fallen into a habit as we extend greetings over the course of the holiday season. And I've observed this for several years now. As you meet and greet others, you're going to hear the words sometimes, Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. And on the surface, this seems to be very innocent. And it seems to be something that you really shouldn't think about a whole lot. But I'm going to challenge you to think about this. I think a lot of people have been conditioned to take the general holiday greeting and say happy holidays because perhaps others just don't celebrate Christmas. So they make the general comment, happy holidays, whatever that represents. Now, many Jewish people and even non-Jewish people recognize Hanukkah uh, it, it's going on now. There are some who prefer to celebrate Kwanzaa after December the 25th. But in either instance, those who recognize different holidays should not diminish our ability to celebrate Christmas and express the joy of Christmas. Why are we holding ourselves back? They're not. They're doing what they want to do. That's the whole point of this message. 
we should freely offer our greetings with the words, Merry Christmas. Amen? Let's all say that together. Merry Christmas. Well, say it, say it in unison next time. But say it again. Merry Christmas. Okay. We need to hear Merry Christmas a lot more. Because Christ is in Christmas. The name of Jesus is the reason why we celebrate Christmas. Amen? Amen? The name of Jesus is why we celebrate Christmas. We're here, we're celebrating Christmas because of Jesus Christ. Let's not act in a manner where mentioning Jesus to someone else can be perceived as offensive or glossed over. Others can celebrate the holidays for this month, but we are to look to Jesus as we move about. Look to Jesus. Our reasons to keep Jesus at the forefront with our communication with others goes back to our appreciation of his amazing, wonderful goodness to us. That's the whole point. We know how Jesus has been good to us. Why don't we speak about it? If it's something that's so obvious to you, why aren't we talking about it much more? Especially this year. And especially during this time of year. I think it's the believer's responsibility to speak of it. And talk about it. Much more probably than we have. One of the chorus portions of Handel's Messiah Everyone knows what Handel's Messiah is? It reflects the prophet Isaiah's account of the coming king. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Isaiah chapter 9. And let's take a look at verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Perhaps it's fitting to think of that song as we go about our business each day at Christmas time. Because we need to remember who it is that we're here for. We're here to give worship and praise to none other than Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 Isaiah wrote this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Just sit and think about that for just a moment. Each of those different names that are mentioned there means something differently to each one of you. And prayerfully, it's a really good thing. We're going to focus uh, today on the following three attributes as to why we need to speak up more about Jesus early and often. Number one, you can jot these down, it's fine if you like. Number one, his love for you. His love for you. The more you love someone or something, you just gush about it. 
The more that I've been with my wife, my lovely bride, I just gush about her. I talk about her all the time. Because it's a very pleasant experience to be with her. The more you love Jesus Christ, you should be doing the same thing. Amen? Because it's an emotional connection as well as a spiritual connection. There should be a gushing about Jesus Christ and his love for us. The second point is his saving grace for you. His saving grace. Of course we love him because of what he's done for us for salvation purposes. But he's extended us grace as well. And the third point is that God's eternal promises that he makes are for you. They're for you. Let's first look at his love for you. Now, here's an interesting thing that popped in my head. Christmas time in the media is flushed with these Hallmark movies. How many of you know about all the movies about Hallmark around this time of year? Uh, they're all over the well. They've got a couple of channels now, too, for, with movies. And note that those movies focus more on stories of love and romance with a hint of Christmas. I mean, it can be done any time of the year, amen, but they do it at Christmas time because Christmas time is an emotional time for a lot of people. The movies are fine if you're a romantic, okay? But, of course, we as believers in Jesus need to point our relationship with Jesus as the ultimate love story. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is the ultimate love story. The one where it's the most meaningful, the most purposeful. That's of every relationship. We should have a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Go ahead and turn to John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Just because we've seen a verse literally hundreds of times doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at it here in church as well. Because in this passage, you're going to see some things about how much God loves us. And that's why we're looking at it. Because sometimes we move past the part about how God loves us and we speak very quickly about the purpose of Jesus Christ. John 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Then verse 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's an act of love. And nothing else. You have to think about something. Whenever there's a rescue, like if someone is drowning, guess what has to happen? Someone has to stop what they were focusing on and go and tend to that person. It's almost like you have to go out of your way to do something like that, and yet it has to be done. But look what God is saying to you. You are more than worth it. That's how much he loves you. Go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. 1 John 3, verse 1. 
1 John 3, 1, English Standard Version says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Yet you as a believer have a knowledge of Him. You are aware of Him. But look what it says. What kind of love? Now we're trying to take this love and measure. There's a measurement to how much love we're talking about. We are called His children. That's how much He loves us. This kind of love goes well beyond our casual references of happy holidays. There's nothing wrong with saying happy holidays. But does that really speak about Jesus the way it should? And as Jesus loves us, our relationship with him comes with an important responsibility. Even in that responsibility, because he loves us, he gives us help that we need to focus on him and his truth. Because guess what? We need it. We need his help. Amen? Amen? We need his help. Because love relationships can be complicated sometimes. I'm not referring to a, a Facebook status. It's complicated when we're talking about human relationships because a lot of human relationships are complicated and a lot of relationships that are complicated shouldn't be going on in the first place. But be that as it may, our relationship with the Lord is complicated. Why? Because of our sin. That's what complicates it. Go to John 14, verses 15 through 17. Thank the Lord that he saw that we needed this help. John 14, verses 15 through 17. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now that verse stands alone. And that's a verse that you need to hang on to. If you really want to show that you love the Lord, be obedient to Him. Keep His commands. That's the way you do it. That's how you make the relationship that is complicated, uncomplicated. Verse 16, I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Because we need this help. It's the Holy Spirit. 17, verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Of course you know him. When you acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, the Holy Spirit now dwells within you. This is exactly where this passage is pulling from. It's pulling from that aspect that we need this helper. God knows that we have this relationship with Him, so He gives us the helper to help steer us along so that we remain focused on Him. Go to Galatians 2.20, please. Galatians 2.20.
Galatians 2, 20. Look at what it says here about how we should be living. Amen? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? Keeping the Christ in Christmas is as simple as living as a reflection of Him in everything that you do. Everything. Grocery shopping. Working in the yard. Shoveling snow. Although you might... <laughs> oh, oh Jesus, heal my back. That's I shovel. But everything that you do means everything that you do. See? Everything. It's not taking time off with Him. Let's look at the second point. His saving grace through faith. That's the next thing we'll look at. We celebrate Jesus because He provides the remedy to address our sin nature. Our flesh and we're thankful for His grace. Amen? Are you thankful for God's grace? Amen? Amen. We can stop the sermon right now. But we won't. There's more to talk about. But look at His grace. Go to 1 John 1, verse 9. 1 John 1, 9. I was just going to read it, but I want you to look at it as I read it. This is a passage that we really need to come back to early and often. And understand that when He forgives us, that's grace. That's exactly what it is. 1 John 1 9, this is the Christian Standard Bible version. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous. To forgive us, forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. You are made clean the moment you ask for forgiveness and confess your sins. You're made clean. That's an act of forgiveness, of course, is grace. Now go to Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, please. Yes. Going down Romans Road for a hot second. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. But of all the verses other than John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, I mean, this, this verse tells you specifically, if you're a non-believer, what you need to do to actually act on and become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It spells it out for you. Amen? Let's look at it together. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
Amen. Verse 10. For it is with your heart. Now look at this part though. It's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Do you think that this verse could be any more clear to show you about God's wonderful salvation for us? It's very clear, but it's a matter of what? Your heart. And your heart connects to the mouth, and the mouth speaks it, and there it is. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Because you believe. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. Because you can't save yourself. You can't save yourself. That's why we need a Holy Spirit in us to remind us about how good He truly is for us. Our salvation comes from our believing that Jesus was with us from what we understand to be the very beginning. What's the very beginning as we know? Quote, unquote, the very beginning. Genesis 1.1 He's been there from the very beginning as we understand it. The human race. And because of his love for us, he has the power and authority to save us. Because God gave Jesus the authority over all of us. Faith is the bridge to reality. The reality being that we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's reality. It's a good thing. It's not fiction. It's not make-believe. Remember, believers are criticized often because it's like, why, do you, why are you wasting your time following Jesus? Isn't that make-believe? It's all made-up stuff. It's all fairy tales. Do you believe that? Faith. Hebrews 11, verses 1... Go ahead and turn to that. Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. And we're also going to look at verse 6. For those of you who have been with us in Sunday school, we've just gone through passages in Hebrews 11, one the early part of it. We're still in Hebrews 11. But this is a very, very important passage when it comes to faith and how we are being challenged with our faith at all times. And that's not a bad thing. Because the one thing we never want to do is take Jesus Christ for granted. Our faith should be challenged on a regular basis. Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Talk about proof. Reality and proof. That's what faith is. It's a bridge. It gets us to this place. Verse 2. For this by our ancestors, for this, for by this our ancestors were approved. 
Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Only God can do that. Then drop down to verse 6. Now without faith it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith has to be part of Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. Faith is part of all of that. Because you have to transcend to become a believer from being a non-believer by believing what? That Jesus is Lord. We have to make that conclusion. And that has to be a conclusion not because somebody told you, but because it's in your heart. There's a reason why we go through these exercises of preaching the gospel and talking about the gospel. Because you don't know how God is speaking to other people at any given moment. You should keep talking about it. Let them think through it. It has to be a matter of the heart. Acts 4.12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that needs to be declared too. There's only one direction to go. It's Jesus Christ. There's no other way to go. Scripture is confirming all of this. Jesus is the only one who can deliver what is proclaimed in Scripture. What we read are essentially His words of inspiration for us. Amen? Amen. Third point, final. Jesus has made eternal promises to you and that if you trust Him, He's going to keep them. If you trust Him, He's going to keep them. If you are living according to His will, He's going to keep them. That's what we need to understand. We should be thankful that Jesus is faithful. Amen? Jesus is faithful. Jesus stands on His Word. I love the comparison of Jesus being the firm foundation. I'll say that too quickly. Firm foundation. You can stand on a firm foundation when you look to Him and His Word. Please turn to John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. I want to talk about his faithfulness. I want to talk about one of his promises. This is something that was actually even covered this morning in Hebrews. About the faith of supposedly the the hero, the heroic ones of faith. And I'm going to point out, I know the term heroic was used. These are human beings just like us. They didn't have superpowers. They didn't fly through the air. Amen? They're human beings just like us. You can be a hero of faith too if you want to use that terminology. But you just have to trust. John 14 verses 1 through 4. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so... Would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, 
that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Now when Jesus says something, it's not an exercise in just letting himself talk or making his head roar. He's saying stuff for a reason. Amen? He's telling you what you have to look forward to. When we leave here. We're all leaving here eventually. Amen? Amen? You got something to look forward to. And boy, one thing I'm looking forward to is getting rid of this body that's breaking down day after day. Amen? I mean, when you walk sometimes, you don't, you're not even doing anything. And sometimes there's this pain that shoots up from somewhere. It's like, where did that come from? I'm ready to dump this baby. And we will have a different body. Amen? A different place. Go to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. I want to move this along a little bit. But I want you to see, once again, how Jesus is revealing to us and showing us what we have in this relationship with Him. We are with Him forever, amen? amen. That's the great thing about it. It's not going to end or stop for those who believe in Him. 1 John 1, verses 1 through 4. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Now essentially this is an eyewitness account that John is giving. And what he's saying here is that, hey, I spent time with this person. I know who he is. I know his character. I know what he has presented. I know what he has shown us. And I'm recording this information for you so that you understand and that your joy may be complete because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what this is right here. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you. So that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We're all in fellowship. Jesus promises that as you lean upon Him, He strengthens you and sustains you. Amen. In fact, you recognize over time that all your energy is coming directly from Him because after a while, you'll look back and say, how in the world did I have the energy to do what I just did? Amen? I mean, that's the truth. When my lovely bride and I were going back and forth between here and Cleveland looking after her father, that was a trip. But yet, we both go back and look at that and say, boy, we came out okay on the other side. We got through it. It was tough. 
But we got through it. And only God can do that. Only God can do that. You recognize over time your energy is coming directly from Him. And otherwise, you would just collapse under the weight of the trial. You collapse under the weight of it. Turn to Isaiah 40, 31. Isaiah 40, 31. It's great to go over verses that I know we've heard and seen before once again, but this is a reminder that it is God who is with us and He wants us to succeed as we have fellowship with Him. And so what happens every now and then, He'll give us a boost. He'll give us what we need to get through a tough time. Amen? Amen? For those of you who have been going through tough times, y'all should be, well, maybe you might be the loudest to say amen, but you can certainly deal with what I'm talking about. He gets you through those tough times. Isaiah 40, 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. If God makes you get through these situations and you know you are dead tired and you're ready to collapse, then God is sustaining you to get you through those moments. Isaiah 43.2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire... You shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Only Jesus can do this for you. Only Jesus can do this for you. And I love the example of fire. Sometimes we are tested through fire, it gets hot. But Jesus says you will not be consumed. It will not harm you. His nature embodies patience that more will come to know him as Lord and Savior. Uh, turn to 2 Peter 3.9. We'll, we're wrapping it up. 2 Peter 3.9. Always, always, always remember... That the Lord moves according to His timing when it comes to every person's life. And there comes a point where a person sometime in the future who does not know the Lord will make that declaration. But only God knows what that timing is. Amen? Amen. It's always important for us to remember to pray for those individuals. And you're praying with the spirit of 2 Peter 3.9. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promises. Some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Pray in this manner. We know that there's a time, but that's how much, that goes back to how much He loves us. He's very patient. Look at all of these wonderful references of Jesus and his love. 
His salvation by grace and His eternal promises. Do you need to see more evidence of these things today? Do you need to see things? Let's say that you do. The best way to experience Jesus in your life is to put His words to the test. Put His words to the test. The condition of all of this, if, if you want to put it to the test, there is something you have to do. Be obedient to Him. Be obedient to Him. Focus on Him. I assure you that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to know firsthand about His goodness. Firsthand. And you're going to speak about His wonderful name all year round. Not just at Christmas time, amen? All year round. And that's how it should be. We believers need to do a better job just of speaking about Jesus, period. Not just at Christmas time. I mean, that's what this is about, but we need to do a better job all year round. If you trust in God, you're going to do what's necessary to be obedient to Him. Amen? We need to do good in words and actions. Say we do good, but we also need to live in a good manner. That has a ripple effect. That has an impact on us as a fellowship. That has an impact on us as a body. That has an impact on all of us within our families. Do good. This time of year talks about being generous, doing good. It's a great biblical example. In doing all these things, whether you're in the midst of people who are believers or not, you're sharing the gospel. You're sharing the truth about Jesus Christ. This Christmas season, it is good and proper to go beyond extending greetings of happy holidays by saying, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We've got so many reasons to be thankful for what Jesus has done for us. Don't hide it under a lamp or a covering. Let your light shine before others now and for the rest of your life. More people need to hear about Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest. Amen? He's worthy of our worship and praise. Let's celebrate Him this way. Father, thank You for what You're doing to us right now. Reminding us of Your goodness. Reminding us of Your teaching. Reminding us of Your very presence. Lord, You have said how much You love us. And we, may we live in such a manner where we honor that. Lord, we don't want a complicated relationship with you. We want a great relationship with you. We want to just trust in your word and be obedient to what you have told us. We want to live according to your will. Help us to do so, Lord, that we may live in such a manner. We are living according to your will. And we thank you again. 
for showing us your truth. We just give you thanks and give you praise and all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.